We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in the 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This episode was pre-recorded for my Patreon members, so to hear more episodes like this, please make sure to become a patron by clicking the link in the show notes below. Make sure you cop some merch on the site, and if you are looking for a good book to read, please visit my book list as well. I hope y'all enjoyed this week's episode, and until next time, later. Welcome. You are now listening to The Professional professional homegirls and niggas it's your girl ebony from the phg podcast the only place where you would hear interviews from women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics now if you hear someone that sounds familiar mind the business that pays you child if you like the phg podcast please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts. please five star reviews only hold me down don't hold me up you can connect with me on Instagram at the Professional Homegirl, at the PXG Podcast, and last but not least at Epine Beauty. If you are all caught up with episodes, listen to bonus episodes by supporting the PXG Podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PXG Podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous, so let's begin this week's episode. All right, so this episode is dedicated to the listeners' questions and will be answered by our in-house therapist. If you would like your questions to be answered by our in-house therapist, please make sure to email us at hello at the phdpodcast.com or if you want to schedule your own consultation or if you're looking for a therapist, please make sure to reach out. So to my guests, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great today. Happy to be with you guys, ready to dive into some of these questions. I know, I'm excited. Um, how has the pandemic been treating you? 
It's been really, really good. I mean, um, definitely a lot busier during like March to I think about June. Um, and now it's kind of trying, um, trickling, trickling. Um, I can't even get my words out, trickling off a little <laughs> bit. Um, and I think that that kind of happens in the summer anyway, because the sunshine is out, people are out and about, you know, even during the pandemic, it kind of, you know, quarantine was lifted and people go outside. So summertime can be a little slower for some therapists, which is nice because we get to enjoy. But not for you, because you've been booked. I know. <laughs> so I can't get an appointment with you on the days I really want to talk to you. <laughs> the funny thing is like, even though I'm booked, I do get to like, I think my last week of the month, it's always like my easiest. Um, usually I'll see like eight clients a day. Um, mm. My last week of the month, I probably see like five or six, which gives me like one or two free hours or like a longer lunch break. So that's what I mean when I say slower. <laughs> Excuse me. Yep. So our first question from one of our listeners, um, are there times when you feel like you take in too much and you want to quit your profession or take a break, especially in the climate that we are currently in? Um, I've never had a time that where I felt like I wanted to quit the profession. I love what I do. I don't feel like it's work. Um, I feel like it is my purpose, which is very different from like working a job every day. Um, I wake up and I really, really enjoy my clients and every client is very, very different. Um, you have some clients that could be a little bit heavier um, mm -hmm. with things that are happening in their lives. So definitely those, you know, those moments. And um, I do feel like, okay, I got to really, really like, you know, be on my P's and Q's and, um, you know, definitely making sure like I get a good night's sleep and things like that are part of my regular regimen. But you also have a lot of clients that are super fun. And like you guys laugh a lot, like you and I, mm -hmm. um, we laugh a lot during our <laughs> session. So um, it makes it so much easier um, to be able to feel like you want to do this work. But again, going back to like, this is my purpose. I love the work. I love doing it every day. And for seven hours a day, there are seven different stories and seven different lives that I'm working with. So it never, ever feels the same at all. Has therapy for someone else turned into therapy for yourself? While giving advice to your clients, have you ever had your own aha moments during sessions? Definitely. Um, <laughs> I, I often feel like, and I wonder... That was a good question. A colleagues... It is a good question. And it's so crazy because I have a couple colleagues that are also therapists and we laugh, we laugh about this um, quite often. Um, sometimes like if you're going through something during that week and you've, you know, processed that and really worked through it on your own, the next week, your clients will be going through something very similar. So you're like doing this laughing to yourself when you're talking to clients like, I really was going through this like two weeks ago. Um, and of course it's not like not, for me, it wouldn't be anything like drug addiction or anything like that. But sometimes you'll have like a friendship, you know, disagreement or you'll have a relationship, you know, disagreement or something like that with your partner. And then your clients will be dealing with it. So when you're talking to them, you're like, uh-huh, same advice that I got to take for myself. Or you're giving them the advice from your own processing, you know, the week before. What do you think is an, um, is an effective way to heal from losing a parent at a young age? I mean, I definitely am going to say therapy first, but I, I, I definitely also feel like um, being surrounded by people that understand that it's a process um, and it is a lifetime process. Like 
I can't speak to losing a parent because I've never lost a parent to death per se. Um, but I've had a parent that was addicted to drugs and alcohol that was non-existent at a point in my life um, for a very long time. And having people that, are, that I'm surrounded by that understand that, that can also give me good advice. Um, I think more importantly, if you are seeking a therapist, like understanding why this happened, or if you can't understand why, like creating some, some reason in your mind. So if you had a parent, for example, that passed away from like cancer or something like that, maybe your reason why in a sense of relief can be, you know, at least my parent is not suffering anymore and that feels better than them being here. Um, having that kind of like, um, I think reason can help you to start to heal from that. Um, but also ultimately knowing that, you know, grief is a process and, you know, today I might feel really, really good tomorrow. I might be back to square one. It's a process and there is no real time frame within each of those stages that you hit. Mm -hmm. um, when would you say is the right time to go on medication for anxiety or depression? How do you know which mood stabilizer is the best? So I don't give out medications, um, but I do work with clients in a very holistic way. Um, as a therapist, if I've had someone that came to me that have or, or let me say when, because I often deal with clients that have anxiety, that's really like the bulk of my um, clientele. But when they come to me, I do like do an assessment based on like nutrition, based on sleep patterns. Um, I do CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And that is really evaluating what are the thoughts that are coming up that's creating the anxiety. So with that client, I will actually work on um, providing them some tools to be able to work through the anxiety, which are breathing techniques, um, grasping what that thought is that's creating like that unhealthy um, pattern of behavior, which the unhealthy side of that would be the extreme anxiety. Um, and also like, you know, just having that CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy weekly or biweekly so that we can really see whether or not you're getting better with these things. Mm -hmm. um, if a client is not getting better and they're just like, I'm still having this major anxiety. The, the tricky part is sometimes clients will say, I still have this anxiety. It's not going anywhere. And as a therapist, I'm like, okay, have you tried the tools that we've been working on? Right. And sometimes clients will say, well, I did try it like for two days and you know, it was getting good. But then, you know, when I felt better, I stopped. So here lies the problem, right? If this was working, then you can continue to do this and it works. But let's say a client is like, um, you know, I'm trying all the tools. I'm doing everything that you're talking about. You know, I'm monitoring my nutrition and things like that. And they're still having anxiety. I will probably recommend that they see a psychiatrist mm -hmm. um, and get like a very low dosage of something. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, what are some advice you would give to those that are having a hard time navigating through 2020? I have not been able to grasp the fact that Kobe is no longer with us. Now we are in a pandemic, the modern day lynching of Black people, and now Chadwick. What do you recommend? Because at this point, I am afraid of what's to come in 2020. I think one, focusing on like what has already happened um, instead of like looking, for, you know, and I'm not I hate to say looking forward to, but, you know, preparing yourself for what's going to come. Um, definitely like being around people that are um, like-minded, right? Like you guys share very similar beliefs. You all are trying to help each other through this process. So whether that be, you know, you guys 
hang out with each other. You do a lot of talks, you know, having panels that you, you know, visit through Zoom because that's what everybody's doing right now where mm-hmm. you can be around people that are talking about what's happening. I think getting involved in some of the work, um, you know, behind some of these things that have happened in 2020. So whether that be, you know, donating or putting together your own panel so you can feel like you're doing something about it. Um, I also feel like, you know, making sure that you create a regimen to help yourself feel better too. So if that's morning things that you do, if that's evening things you do, you know, helping yourself to be around positive energy, and this will help you get through 2020. The major thing I say to people is, you know, we can really sit in these thoughts about, oh my God, what's going to happen next? But it's kind of like that old saying that our old grandparents used to say, like, never, ever ask, how can it be worse? It can Mm -hmm. always get worse. And I don't want to keep saying to myself every morning, like, oh, what's going to happen today? Is another Black man going to be shot today? You know, all these things can be inevitable. They can happen. But I don't want to focus on that every single morning and expecting that it's going to happen. Um, I want to be able to work through what has happened thus far. And then when other things come up, use some of these tools that I already know that can work for me, getting involved, you know, creating a community of people around me, creating my own regimen, helping out in my community. All these things can really help me to process and get through this year and the things that will come in my entire life. Yeah, because this has been a a really tough year. I know. (laughs) I think too, like, you know, as a side note, like one of the things, and I know that I've seen so many people like post online, like, you know, some people are like, I just need a break from, you know, this, I need a break from that. You know, we can't take a break as black people, right? Because this happens on a regular basis and we see it. I have a black son, black uncle, the black fiance, like all of this, you know, is very inevitable in my life. You know, some of these things that come up, but there are times that I do need a break from media, Mm-hmm. right? Social media, TV. Um, I wake up on my iPhone already. The news is there about Donald Trump and all these things. So I really try to monitor like what time I get on my phone in the mornings. Um, and it's definitely not going to be before I say my prayers or before I do my morning meditation or even before I have coffee. You know, some people have got uh, gotten accustomed to having their coffee and watching the news. Sometimes it's not beneficial, especially in this climate. Mm -hmm. giving yourself some time to like prepare yourself for a good day so that when you receive this information because you're gonna see it anyway you don't digest it so much that it like ruins your entire day but you go at it with like okay so this has happened and how am I gonna help how am I gonna support you know how am I gonna reach out to my community and start really like picketing and things like that as opposed to like just having it there in my spirit and I'm like you know traumatized and can't move and can't do anything. I agree. I think that when um when they announced that Chadwick had had transition, I just got off of Instagram, social media. I didn't mm-hmm. want to see nothing because it was like everybody was posting it. It was just too mm-hmm. much. Yep, and that's what happens, right? Everybody starts posting, and before you know it, your 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 whole thread of everything is like swarmed with it, mm-hmm. and you're just in this like dark place. And of course, we don't want to like be numb to it, right? Because then we can't do anything about it. But if I am going to receive this, I want to receive it in a way that it motivates me to get out there and help, support, you know, comfort my friends, be with my family, be within my community, you know, to make things better. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what is some advice on handling negative thoughts that may turn suicidal? So I think if you are having thoughts that are so negative that they become suicidal, definitely talk to someone, find someone. It doesn't have to be a therapist, right? Because sometimes finding a therapist, getting to a therapist, you know, with their schedules being, you know, books and stuff, especially during now, during the pandemic, it might take you a long time, but probably reaching out to like one of your best friends, you know, the thing that people tend to do, and I've found this just in t- throughout my career is that they withdraw and they distance themselves um, because they feel like, oh, people don't want to hear this, but it is actually the time that people want to show up for you, right? Mm-hmm. They do want to hear it. They want to be able to support you. So instead of you feeling like I'm just going to pull away and like try to deal with this on my own or you know I'm just not even going to talk about it talk about it the people who post it online and I've seen I used to work with teenagers you know they would post online like I feel like I'm having these dark thoughts I feel suicidal and their page would be swarmed with all these like beautiful thoughts you know people reaching out to them someone calling them someone calling your family member to say this is what I just saw and people like showing up to your house. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, definitely talk about it, go against, you know, your first thought, which is to, you know, distance yourself from people, because then you're just in your own thoughts. And the more you're in your own thoughts is the worst thing seem in your life. Um, And it feels very, very hopeless. And then before you know it, you're in a place that you can't come back from. Uh, my friend and I go to the same therapist and I'm a little nervous mm-hmm. about sharing my therapist with her. I don't know why I thought that was funny. How would, I, <laughs> how would I know if my therapist is keeping everything I say about my friend confidential? Um, so this, I feel like this is about two things. So one is she keeping my friend's information confidential. The other one is she keeping my information confidential from my friend. So we as therapists are bound by HIPAA laws uh, where we cannot disclose someone's information to another person. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are oftentimes that I have friends or I have family members and they know that we all see the same person. I mean, they all see the same person. Um, But if that person mentions to me like, you know, X did this to me and you know, right? And I would say, honestly, I'm not at liberty to say whether I know that or I don't know that, Mm -hmm. but you can continue with whatever you're saying. So they'll say, okay. Most people though, actually know that you see the same therapist. So they won't even like mention the person's name if they're talking about you. Of course we as therapists, you know, we know because we know the intricates of everything that's going on, but we're never going to, at least me, I'm going to speak for me. I'm never going to say, oh yeah, Ebony told me, you know, that y'all was dealing. I'm not going to do that. One, I'm not helping either one of you, right? I'm causing more conflict in the family too. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm hurting both of my clients. Um, And I am, I mean, as much as we are friendly, we're not friends in the room together. Right. So I would, you know, I don't want to do that. Second, if you ever decided that, you know, I heard something that you said to this person, my license could be taken away from me. And after all these years of schooling and, and we ain't trying to have that. that, no, I'm not going <laughs> to put my license on the line because you told me something about her husband or her boyfriend. It's not worth it to me. Right. It, it doesn't. Ultimately, it doesn't help anybody, right? We're really trying to get to why these things happen and how can we work through them and fix it. 
I am having a hard time focusing on the things that I want to accomplish. I feel like I can't say no to my friends and I want to be included in everything that is going on in the streets instead of the things that I need to complete for school or just my life. What can I do to focus better? Um, I think prioritizing, um, thinking about what are the things that I really, really want to get to do. Um, also think about like, what are some other things that might be going on in your life at that point that could be creating some procrastination. Um, maybe ultimately procrastination is the issue and being able to get some support around how to um, do that less. Um, one of the things that I talk to clients about who come to me with like, you know, I really wanna hang out with my friends, but I also got this work project that's due on Friday. So we'll talk about like, is this something that happens in your life often? And usually they're like, yeah, like I see this thing that I want to do. And, you know, the thing that's work, I don't really want to do. I also ask them like, do you ever get it done? And they're like, yeah, I get it done the night before. Okay. So maybe this is just your way of being, right? Maybe you're a person that gets things done the last minute. So what I would say to you is you can go and enjoy yourself from Monday to Wednesday, but Wednesday night, you'll be in the house doing all of this and not being able to, you know, socialize with any friends. Outside of that, I would also say, you know, you have to think what's important to you. What is important? So is hanging out with my friends most important and then my job is going to suffer or is keeping my job most important and I can catch up with my friends later? Right. I would also say, maybe and where y'all going? Your, it's a pandemic. We are going at you. <laughs> right. Where are you going? Right. You go next work. But I would also <laughs> say, if your friends are loving, right, and you've been a part of this friend group forever, have a conversation with your friends. Like, you know, I noticed that you guys go out Monday through Wednesday, and I can't go because I'm working. Maybe we could plan this a different way so that I don't feel so stressed. Right. There are all these options. Ultimately, like being able to really hone in on what's happening for you. Is it you procrastinating or do you need to have this conversation with your friends or do you lack like, you know, um, time management skills? Right. Do you even know how to manage your time? And if you can't, of course, I'm going to say see your therapist and have them work with you with this. <laughs> like, what, what are you trying to do? <laughs> yeah. But I get it, right? Everybody was in quarantine. No, I get it. Now everybody friends are doing now, and you're like, yeah, but I got deadlines at work. We got to figure out how you could do both, or maybe some things you're not going to be able to make with your friends. But if it's super important, they will make a consensus for you. And last but not least, I have been friends with my best friend for over twenty years, and we never had any boundaries within our friendship. We always told each other everything. Since she started dating her new boyfriend which I hooked them up. She has been moving differently with me and I am noticing that she is not invested in our friendship as she once was. What can I do to save our friendship and keep it the same or should I just accept it for what it is? So I believe that we should always talk to people because your friend may not even actually know that this is happening. Um, the way new relationships work, and we all know that people are in this world looking for relationships, you know, and when you find that person that you feel, you know, really aligns with the things that you want, and you guys are loving each other and loving on each other, you want to spend so much time around them. Mm -hmm. So sometimes your friendships, you know, do take a backseat for a little bit. Um, but if your friend doesn't know that this is how you're feeling, she might feel like, 
you're you just understand that this is a new relationship and you know she's gonna get back with you when things are different but I think the first thing would be talking to your friend but also knowing that the boundaries or the dynamics in your friendship is going to change because now she has a relationship in her life that is as important, right? That could really nurture and mature into marriage and children and things like that. So not that you guys won't be friends anymore, but your friendship will be a little bit different. It won't look the way that it used to look, which is also okay, right? It's, it's the way we grow in life and, you know, relationships grow and, you know, we all start to really nurture relationships and move forward. And you think that friendship should have boundaries? Um, I can't say if it should. I think a lot of friends, especially friends that we meet through trauma and childhood and things like that, they don't have any boundaries, right? We do everything together. We talk about everything. Mm. That's what friendships are, right? Most of the time. I think that they start to, the dynamics of them start to change. I think some boundaries that come up for these friendships when there's a relationship involved is, maybe I don't tell you everything that's happening in my relationship because as you being a friend that's so close to me, I don't want you to look at my significant other in a very different way. Or I don't want you to feel like, you know, I may leave or, you know, I should leave. Like, you mm. know, sometimes you guys talk about things when you're young, like if he said this to me and if he did this to me, I would leave. But when you get older and you're in this relationship, sometimes that's not your first instinct to do. And people will feel afraid that their friends would be like, oh, she's a sellout, right? She used to say she would do this and she mm. doesn't. So I think dynamics change in friendships all the time, especially when a new relationship is introduced into that friendship. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. it's not bad I've had that a few times I've had that a few times and I know like being younger I would be like bitch like we're not friends anymore like you're (laughs) not calling me like and you know at times I think we take it personal like you know you're doing this to me they're not doing it to you per se it their whole life has changed right because now they're in a relationship with someone who wants to be around them you know wants a lot of their time so everything changes they used to go out after work. They don't. They meet their partner. They used to do brunch on weekends with friends. They don't. They do brunch with their partner. So it's all aspects of their life has changed. Mm. No, I think you explained it really good. Hmm. Thank you. Well, I thought this was good. Are you accepting Me any too. new clients? I am accepting new clients. Um, I don't know how because you're so booked. Um, <laughs> I know. And uh, I I think because I also like as clients grow and do better and you know this, you know, we transition to every two weeks, you know, once a month, things like that. I am not the therapist that feels like you have to see me every week or you have to see me every two weeks. Um, The purpose of you getting in therapy is for you to grow and feel better. So when you're doing that, we will have those conversations and transition you into seeing me less you know, less until you're just maintaining. So that really frees up time to start working with new clients, um, which is a good way to like keep my practice going. Well, if y'all have any questions, please make sure to email us at hello at the phdpodcast.com. If you're looking for a therapist, make sure to include that in the email. And I think this was a really good, our first time doing this. Yes, it was exciting. I, I can't wait right in sending all your questions so we could have like 20 questions next time i know i know <laughs> just, i mean we want to address the 
the deep ones, but I think because of the climate that we're in, it's just like, man, like, it's really sad, but better days are going to come. Yes, yes, yes. Um, thank you guys for all of your questions. Um, I really, really appreciate it. I honor you all in the space that you're in and really hope that in some ways these answers have helped you. And again, like she said, if you guys have any questions or you know are looking for someone, it doesn't have to necessarily be me. Um, I can also support you with finding that right person for you or your family member. Just reach out to the email um, address that she gave you. Thank you. And until next time, everyone. Later. Later. We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are all built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.